1: Lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lax Class. As we are about to bring you episode 171, I say we. My name is jake Kelly. My co host name is Brad Challoner. He's on the line here and big time episode here for 171, as per usual, right here on the home of Lax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Did I already say that? I think I did. Doesn't matter. I'll say it again. Big program lined up here for 171. Nick Rose. Uh, The Toronto Rock is coming up in quarter number two. Matthew, call me Marty if you want to. Dinsdale from the Vancouver Warriors is coming up in quarter three. We got our lax glass locks. We got who you got for week 12. We got our Stampede Stallions here in quarter number one. And the week that was who we had, of course, as well. Brad, welcome back to the pod. I saw you a lot. Uh, Thursday, WA Draft. Friday, down at Rogers Arena. How's it going?
2: Too much of me?
1: No, Is never, that, what you're, is never, that what you're getting at? No, never.
2: not enough. Okay, that's what I was. That's what I was waiting to hear. No, I, it's um, it's a pretty chill Monday. It was a jam-packed weekend. Um, I'm off to Calgary on Thursday afternoon, so it's oh, going to be a short, Miami. tight, tight little week. TSN game of the week Friday night, Vancouver oh, yeah. and Calgary. They're hooking up for the first time. It's crazy. We're like mid february i can't believe where this usually it's like home opener like the last two I seasons know. for vancouver I mean, their first game of the year was against the calgary rough match. so this feels this feels a little different and a little overdue and i'm and i'm fired up for another road trip it's been a long time since uh since we did a tsn game of the week on the road outside of vancouver so jealous fired man up for, fired up for a steak and some pints in Cowtown, and yeah. away we go
1: yeah super jealous i was actually twitter spaces over the weekend with with Logan and Tyler Codron, I asked him about the, I mean, it's, it's a trip I've done a bunch of times to Calgary and it's one of my favorites just for all the things you mentioned. Like it's all just kind of set up for you there in Calgary hotel arena, all close by all that sort of stuff. And then uh, lots of th- things to see and do there. And yeah, it's crazy that they, these guys haven't played yet and it's going to be another important game here. We're going to talk about that a bit later in quarter four. We'll talk about the Vancouver warriors game Coming up here as well, Um, draft on on Thursday night at LEC was a good time. Lots of youngsters getting their names called out and heading to various WA teams. And I think probably what kicked it all off, Brad, was the big deal going down between the Thunder and the Lakers as a couple of members of Team Canada... And the Saskatchewan Rush, for that matter. Robert Church and Matthew Beers dealt to the Langley Thunder as Tyler Pace, uh, Harrison, and Nash Moog going back the other way. Big deal. A couple of big deals. Eli Gobrick going to New West. But yeah, good time there on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, it's always it's always a fun night, and and like so every every off season, I feel like a player must go through this too. And I don't know if you go through it too, but I feel like players probably have the same predicament, and it's like what are we going to do with the WLA this summer? Like how much do we still care about the WLA with how much the national lacrosse league has grown over the last few years? And, you know, the players are thinking, do I want to put my body through that this summer? And the broadcasters probably thinking, do I want to work every Friday and Saturday night? Or do I want to hang out at the beach? And I, I kind of have this internal struggle every year when it comes to the WLA and how much we should get fired up about it and how much we should care but then it starts and games (laughs) start to happen and you think about going to Queens park and think about going to the Q center and going to the palace and just those hot, sweaty summer nights that are such a fabric of our nostalgia growing up here on the West coast that you start doing the draft and you start thinking about those jerseys and the players and putting it back on. And then you're 100% all in and like, you know, you said on the draft, May 27th, the season's going to open. New West is heading to Victoria. Let's like, go. Let's go. I'm, I'm coming with you. Okay, I, I, Jimmer. I, I to, go. It'll be the first WLA game in over two years.
1: Keep so a I couple of I, spots open in box nine.
2: We're coming. We're coming to the island because, yeah, once I do start talking about it, I get, I get a little fired up and excited. And Rob Buckin and the Langley Thunder – are all in? They, they. I think Holy they want a goal. Of, they want to win a man cup in the east for they the first time in couple. forever. Yeah. yeah, and they've got the roster do to they, do it.
1: Do they ever? Do they ever? A couple other teams looking pretty good as well. And who knows? A couple and, of teams may struggle, right? Uh With with the amount of talent. Like if everybody shows up, whoa, give me a fine. And and, and, of
2: of note on that mm. is that you and I were interviewing Commissioner Paul Del Monte off the top of the broadcast, and. I think I think they're more excited and more ready to align with the National Lacrosse League, yeah, than ever. And you can you can speak to this because I think you're a better listener than I am sometimes. But um, you know, Paul was kind of alluding to the fact that there's a there's a committee across the country right now, from Junior A to Major Series to the WLA, talking about an alignment on rule book and improving things across the country. Gotta happen, man. And it could happen it could happen as soon as this summer. So I think there's some exciting things for the WLA to bring themselves into present day.
1: Yeah, it finally seems like the right people are in charge to kind of get this done. And they've included players, coaches, managers, owners, referees, commissioners, governors, like A lot of different people are in on this, and I think everybody is finally of the same mind that this needs to happen for so many reasons, and we don't need to go off on it again, but unifying a rule book as much hope. as you can yeah there's more hope than ever is is one of the most important things our sport needs to do and it sounds like that's the road that we're starting to travel down here in Canada which is really exciting to hear uh something else that was pretty exciting yesterday Brad was uh of course Super Bowl Sunday I don't know like I just finished swinging my kettlebell around a little bit here I must have Brad, I don't know what it was. About 8,000 calories, I think, I packed into my body yesterday. I always tell Danny, like, get a couple of things. Like, you know, it's just us and the girls. Like, we don't need... My freezer and my fridge is like... Uh, it's like a... It's like a menu at a sports bar right now in there. And I don't know what I'm... Anyways, uh, enjoyed the football game. Rams get it done by 3. They pull it out late. Good game start to finish. I know you're a big music guy, and halftime show was really one that I was looking forward to when they rattled off who was gonna be there. And you're you're coming with it saying best ever. Hands
2: down, best ever. With apologies to Prince. Yeah, that's my guy right there. And Justin Timberlake, but I just think the cultural significance of this one this year and the fact that it was so long overdue that there hadn't been a headlining hip hop Super Bowl halftime show with what hip hop has done for music and fashion and pop culture and every aspect of life over the last 20, 25, 30 years. It's, it's incredible that there hasn't been like a Jay-Z headlining or a Kanye West headlining. This is the first time. And, you know, you and I are proud West coasters and I think there's always an underdog mentality, even when you're in, Los Angeles or Vancouver, that a lot of things are centralized in New York and Toronto and center of the universe and the West has a place. And then for Dr. Jay to come out with that smile on his face and with everybody that he had sort of put on the map and then reflecting Los Angeles and Compton. And it was just, I don't know, man, I, I was almost emotional. watching it because i felt it was that it was that special and i don't know if i'm just getting older now and i'm like oh man like these are artists that i grew up listening to and now here they are headlining a single halftime show for everybody at their most mass appeal and mainstream pinnacle of their career all these years later it just made it it just made it that much more special
1: yeah, for the, the only kudos to the NFL for doing Like it. this is This is a show that probably should have happened 10 years ago, I don't know if the world At was, least, it, it, at least, yeah. they could
2: have done yeah. it in Snoop could have headlined it in 93 When he was the biggest artist in the world yeah. But the NFL was always too scared to align
1: themselves And Had a little I, I, uh, I, lit up on stage there just prior to going <laughs>
2: Oh, barely. had
1: to, had to. <laughs> but listen, like, you know, Dre's a little, getting a little long the tooth. Mary J was still getting it done. Kendrick was unbelievable. Like, he's kind of the next guy there on the West Coast, and um snoop was snoop eminem did his thing it was all it was all good i just wish was that was perfect would, yeah it was you know the the whole scene with the low riders out front it was kind of like an la house party you go from one room to the next and there's another act and go upstairs and there's another act there 50 cent somebody tweeted out pretty fitting that 50 cent would show up after two quarters of football <laughs> <laughs> I thought was pretty pretty good there but uh he was okay and and yeah that's my only thing like give me that 10 years ago but long gone are the date like no more the who or the stones or springsteen or the like that, that that time is over. It's time to, to kind of get a little more young and, and hip with it as the kids. The kids don't say that, but you yeah. know what I'm saying there. Like, it's time to know, get a little more be, relevant, be
2: a little more talk, current. Talk, talk to your audience. Talk to your audience. And this goes back to, you know, I think you and I were kicking this around last week, like, and I, I tweeted out this week that a new tradition is born inside Rogers Arena with Blink. the Blink-Win 82, yeah. all the small things sing along. And I found out from somewhere, someone hit me up on Twitter, said, oh, they do that in Denver at Avalanche Games. So it's not really original, but it's original to Rogers Arena, something we haven't seen. And I like it. I said this last week, it's not Sweet Caroline. It's not Don't oh, Stop God, Believing. Please. It's a song for people that are, you know, from 18 to 40 years old now as the demographic shift. And it's, it was great to see
1: absolutely couldn't upgrade. the atmosphere
2: in Rogers is, is bonkers
1: right now. Like they're it's, averaging
2: warriors are above mid pack in attendance. They're out, they're out.
1: And that's like two Friday games in there as well, if I'm not mistaken either, Brad. And now again, like I've mentioned this a few different places, but the, the social media team of the warriors has gone up like 10, 12, 15 levels where they like, I think they're the best in the league right now with what they're doing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, 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 right up there too with the Halifax of the world. And I think what, what it just took, what's unfortunate for the teams that are owned by big corporations is sometimes you're sort of pushed down the depth chart a little bit. And I know Kurt Stiers has a massive arm to work with, but frankly, and unfortunately the Warriors sometimes aren't a high priority within CSE, but once, once the season started, they were all in, so yeah, it was a little quiet and it sucked in the off season and during the pandemic. But now that the season is rolling, it's full investment and it's all in. And their graphic packages are unreal, their socials are unreal. The game presentation is second to none. If you're listening to this and you're in the lower mainland and you haven't been inside Rogers this year, first of all, no. how dare you? You're dummies. Um, second yeah. of all, you're you're going to get blown away by the game presentation. And they're winning at home now. They've won no. two in a row at home and now we got to wait another month Best marketing
1: absolute best marketing yeah, yeah no they're uh they're killing it man which is great to see because uh they weren't and now they are um and it's been impressive and we're gonna get to that game here momentarily but let's start off in calgary on friday night with the the second leg of the home and home here the rematch is colorado pretty convincingly you know Put their foot down the fourth quarter there in the first matchup. But here, Calgary, if you'll recall, Brad, one of the only people there for who you got taking the roughnecks in this one. I told you I was chatting with the phenom, Del Bianco, and he sold me. I took him, and they got it done here over the Mammoth. And I thought it was gonna be this kind of game, a low scoring, grinded out kind of win. Nine seven the final roughnecks get a home win here. And a much needed one against a conference opponent.
2: I took the over in this game. That was the only thing that kept me away from my parlay this weekend. I oh, thought this was gonna be three. wide open. Yeah, it was that no, was a dumb move. Dumb move. Now, Forty-two saves by Del Anko Clearly his best game of the season, you knew that he, he's hard on himself and he's a smart goaltender. So you knew he was going to bounce back and a great bounce back win for the Calgary Roughnecks. Like Mammoth have been rolling Needed. for the last few weeks. So to make their adjustments and then get into a low scoring slug fest with them without Curtis Dixon was uh, a pretty special performance by the Calgary Roughnecks. I think that they, they did a really good job shutting out the Colorado Mammoth uh, offensive players. They're keeping him at bay. One goal like in the second half yeah yeah so they did they did to colorado what team's been doing to calgary the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks like colorado didn't score a goal in the fourth quarter and calgary scored the only two one being an empty enter but calgary hadn't scored a fourth quarter goal in the last two games that were both come from behind victories for san diego and colorado respectively so calgary clearly learned their lesson they flipped the tide their transition game looked good and their rookies are are coming in like I don't think people realize how young oh, the yeah. Calgary Roughnecks next. They
1: should. If they don't, they are. Um, like, a bunch of first-rounders in their lineup.
2: Their their average age is down with Panther City. They're like 26 years old on their average age. Takes Dixon out of the lineup, and they're, yeah. they're even younger than that. But well. I think we'll talk about Georgia in a sec, but I think we saw Georgia's young core kind of coming together now. There's mm-hmm. most of their defensive players like Henrik and Camisio and, and Kirst, all sort of. Now you've got half a season under your belt and you're seeing a different team. Same thing in New York. And same thing in Calgary. With with I think Ethan Tysers looked fantastic and and Cook and Waters, those big bodies on offense are starting to fit a little bit in. And Hayden Dixon is a star
1: in that, the making. Yeah, uh, number one overall pick in the WLA draft Thursday night. No surprise there. So Calgary, well, we'll talk about that later as well. We'll host Vancouver this weekend, which Vancouver now, you know, one, two straight out of the gate, Brad lost three straight following that, but now I've won two straight again. And I look in that three game losing streak and you can say what you want. You win, you lose. That's the way it is. But give me one more win out of that three game stretch there, which, you know, a one goal loss to Saskatchewan, a game, they held a massive lead against Colorado and then, the Mammoth game in Colorado, I'll give them that. Like, they deserve to win that, and Vancouver deserve to lose that. But one of those two games, like, this team could easily be a little higher up in the standings. And I I don't know if enough people are believing in this Warriors team yet. I am not one of those people. As they take down Saskatchewan here, 13-7 to 7 on their home floor. And Alexis Bouquet, Brad, like, when they cut Penny... I. I was like, oh man, like that, why did they do that sort of thing? But clearly that was the right decision. And, and for a number of reasons, I think like Alexis proved it through training camp that he was pushing for the number one job. But I just feel like that this group, this team, these guys gravitate to this guy and they believe in this guy. And I don't know if that was the case with Eric for whatever reason, and when you have that belief in your goaltender that you do not have to worry about that he's going to do his thing and, and give you a chance to win every night it takes pressure off of everything else around you and without Mitch Jones in the lineup again, the offense I'm not saying they're a better team don't don't start that <laughs> you look around look
2: around the league this year it's weird. Uh, teams that have stepped up without one of their best players in the, in the lineup, right? Trade Zed Williams, trade Mitch Jones, yeah. um, yeah. trade Josh Kerr, like trade everybody that's been out of the lineup. And then the team has looked better.
1: It's been, it's been funny to see it's that. It's weird. It's not, it's not happening. And <laughs> They are yeah. a better team with Mitch. I know, it's, it, but it's, this it's, funny, it's
2: funny that, but yeah. sometimes I'm not, no, no, no this isn't the case in Vancouver, but we've seen that the cases in other, in other cities this year, that sometimes if you take a body out, addition by subtraction. Right. But what it's forced Vancouver to do is everybody else has had to step up in a big way. You're seeing Logan shot shooting with confidence. You're seeing Charlotte beaties and Martel playing really well because if, if they're not scoring, then who is right. So I think it's forced the whole committee to step up. Dinsdale gets a hat trick, um, Keegan ball sort of their quarterback out there. So they don't have their MVP and their world beater and now their whole lineup is is forced to rise to the occasion and they're doing um, it
1: Killing. i mean and killing mcbride's not playing. mcbride didn't even play in that game like
2: no oh, and you've talked about Bouquet, who is such a character like the guy is oh, just a, a ball of a ball no. of charisma he strolls in with the slick back hair Miami Vice. With, a bowl, with a bolo tie <laughs> he's polar bear swimming at white pine beach over the holidays and posting on instagram and if this is for the boys and I think they do have some sort of sense of confidence in front of him, but the most impressive thing that I don't think we're talking enough about is, is the Warriors D
1: Brett Minsky black unreal. hole. Like, I mean, the guy just eats offensive players up. It's yeah. crazy. And I
2: finally, without, without playing in the shadow of Rubish and Dilks, we're seeing a different
1: sort of midsky yeah. that
2: could be, one of the defensive players of the year. I put him down category. for my
1: midseason, Brad, or for our flash awards. Brett Mitsky is my defender of the year so far. And I'm not even unabashed. Like even if I didn't I wasn't a Vancouver guy, he's with the impact that he has had on that back end. Got his first goal as a warrior there Friday. So did Turbo. Those two guys, that size, that veteran leadership experience made a world of difference there in Vancouver and, and those are the two main cogs because of it uh, let's yeah you
2: can draw, draw on that and I also want to give a shout out to to Curtis Hodgson because if you talk yeah. to anybody in that room right now and ask sort of what's the difference between the defense this year and the defense in, in 1920 they say it's Haji
1: yeah.
2: and just oh, I he... meant
1: nine, like 1900. No, you know what I, that <laughs> it it says like, weird. Yeah. whenever I hear that, I think, Oh yeah, yeah,
2: that was a long time ago. The last time we played lacrosse 1920, geez, prohibition era. Yeah. Um, no, but like Haji's really redesigned this defense. And I think they're, they're blocking shots and causing turnovers almost better than any team in the league right now. Yeah. Younger and,
1: and faster too.
2: Yeah. And the underdog guys, like Owen Barker was my stallion last week. He had another fence, another, um, Another fantastic game. Taylor Stewart jumped off the page this weekend for me. Um, He only played half the game in week one, but like he was causing turnovers. he was making noise. Noticeable. And a good one. And Justin Salt's been playing some of his better lacrosse of the last couple of seasons too. So I think everyone is buying in on that Warriors D right now. And that is sort of the engine. When your goaltending is playing well, your defense is playing well, and your offense is, you're getting six or seven guys contributing every night. That's a recipe for success. Absolutely, and and just one other thing on the Warriors is mm-hmm. that it was sort of monumental and celebratory for them the fact that they beat the Rush. It was the first nine time in straight, nine Brad.
1: games. Oh. So
2: you're going back years. Yeah, you're going back seasons. <laughs> yes. So kind of, kind of a monumental. Now we've been a, and we've, we've a been a part of Sasuke. it all Sasuke's
1: in one form or another, Brad. So yeah, I hear yeah. you.
2: And Sask is beat up right now, but I still think the boys took that into the room and said, you know what, this is. We're a different Warriors team. That's a different rush team, and the West yeah. is completely different. You think this Sask
1: ever felt sorry for anybody when they put a whooping on somebody? Never. Forget it. So move along here. Uh, Calgary and Vancouver this Friday night. We'll talk about it later. Next game up, Brad, 12-10 Toronto Rock over the Buffalo Bandits. Undefeated, no more. As Toronto on their home floor here, we talked a lot about this game last week. Marquee matchup of the week. Toronto puts up eight in the first quarter, go scoreless in the third, another four in the fourth. This is, I think the the Toronto rock that everybody kind of expected when Dowick comprised and compiled this roster and Buffalo kind of been flirting with defeat the previous couple of weeks. And Season series on the line here for Toronto. They get it done over Buffalo 12-10.
2: Yeah, they owed owed it
1: to them after
2: getting beat up in Buffalo, physically end on the scoreboard um, about a month ago now. Tom Schreiber is on another planet right now. 14 goals in his last three games, and just dropping them in every which way. (laughs) Like, he can shoot. He can get inside. He goes behind the back. It's just, he he's looked, healthy, Brad. Like he, he's like He's he playing in a different league. And yeah, I know Ashley Dawkins talking about the man strength. And but he's been battling
1: something or another, just like Team USA, PLL, NLL. Like, I, fi- I think he's finally right health-wise, and this is the end result.
2: And it's it's unfair for the rest of the league. Like, it just looks, he's he's scoring at will right now. And he's always been known as one of those pass-first guys. But when you got Dan Dawson on your offense, you've got Rob Hellier. It looks like it's just give the ball to Sean Schreiber and see what he can do with it because he's just having fun right now. And and the lefties finally coming alive for Toronto too. I know that's been the big talk. I've been a uh, Dan Craig, was a critique man. of their their lefties at the start of the season, but and Reinhold they're all clicking right now and all contributing. And, the defense, and their defense too is yeah. is fantastic. Just new and Rogers and Cree are all having career seasons. Yeah. And Rosie, yeah. who we're going to talk to in a minute, he's going to be in the goaltender of the year category. Top. Top three yeah. guys
1: we're talking about in the league right now. He's All right, a, well let's not uh, let's not waste any more time on Toronto Buffalo. Not that Wait, it's well, I got one time. question okay. for
2: you on this game, okay. Jumbo. As nice. someone who has had your fair share of Tilly's, mm. looked like McCauley got the tap to go and fight Billy Hostrauser. Uh, no, he I don't Led over from that last, but he came right on the floor and went straight to him. Like I don't know if that's a tap or, but why is he the guy as a rookie? When that should be Priolo, in my opinion, or Sweeting.
1: Yeah. So I would, like that. I would say that there was no tap. I don't I don't think coaches are tapping guys anymore. Like that that used to happen. It I was a guy that, that you'd never needed to tap. I knew it was time, but <laughs> I bet you that's a a situation where McCully, as a rookie realizing the score, the scenario, the time, the place, all the rest of it, looking back at his coach saying, I want to go. Let me go and kind of ask for permission to go. So taking on Billy, probably not the smartest decision there from McCully. I'll give him a lot of credit and courage for doing that, but maybe pick a a Nick Weiss or, you know, somebody that not Billy, like, or sorry, I mean, not Nick Weiss, but somebody else on Toronto that is more find a guy that that's willing to go with you. That's not Billy because that, right. So I, I would think that would probably be the scenario there where he probably asked his coach, Hey, get me out. Cause I want to go and spark the boys up here. And he got the green leg to do it. Hey, not
2: 100% credit to Brad McCauley yeah. for doing that. And it was an awesome moment too, when he, uh, Priolo got a penalty shortly after, and there was a shot of him coming into the penalty box and like, pat mccauley on the chest well that'll earn you respect in your locker room that'll That'll
1: earn you respect in your locker room and it might keep him in the lineup as well but that's yeah that's a bad decision on his part find somebody else to dance with well
2: and correct me if i'm wrong here but i i think that's the third fight of the season for house and all three have been against rookies like where's the heavyweight matchup yeah i'm waiting for the heavyweight matchup yeah i know he's not picking all these some of these guys are picking him too yeah yeah. but I'm waiting for that's why I'm saying it, uh, I, want so I want to see a, he's want to so see a heavy unassuming he's so unassuming
1: you just yeah I want to see I want to see a heavyweight tilt as well and I thought that Billy and Pri would go after what happened in the first game in Buffalo and that that's just, why I'm surprised yeah just so never going. panned out Um something that else something else that that never panned out uh after this game here Brad and I, I hate to bring this up but I feel obligated I Received a text after uh, the the 10, twelve ten Toronto final from the the general manager and defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bandits, Steve Steve Dietrich, who appeared back on episode one fifty five with yours truly and Jamie Dowick, who was currently hosting co hosting that that podcast, Brad. And it's on the record there, right around the one oh eight mark. Um, well, let's let's just say this. Uh, I'll I'll play it for you.
3: Like that. i will tell you this and jamie's a man of his word he told me that there will be extra pizza at uh first interior center when the bandits play for payment of letting us talk letting him talk to Rusty Kruger. so i just want him oh, to tell everybody on the air go, okay. that he's going to be a man of his word and so there will be extra pizza delivered to the coach's room the night the bandits <laughs> so the right there.
1: To, directly to the coach's room bypass the players locker room uh the extra cheese on there as well jamie
0: yeah, and I'm good with that. Maybe a reminder text the morning of jokes, Please, but uh, I'm absolutely going to take care of that for you, for sure.
1: So as you can hear there, Brad, uh, there was a deal that was made between Jamie and, and Steve, permission to talk to Rusty Krueger. There was supposed to be extra pizza delivered to the coach's room after the game there in Hamilton. Jamie had agreed to these terms. Well, I got a video from Steve Dietrich after the game, panning the the coach's room right on the table where the pizza should have been. No pizza! No pizza after the game there in Hamilton for the Bandits coaching staff.
2: You know what? And they missed a good opportunity there and everything because Toronto won the game, so they could have sent, like, and it was Valentine's weekend, right? So I know that a lot of restaurants do the heart-shaped pizza. Mm. Jamie could have sent, like, a sorry for your loss, heart shaped pizza and like you know kind of rubbed it in a little bit and sort of flipped it over
1: but nothing (laughs) in in jamie's defense and jamie's defense he did say that that he he gave chugger the heads up that because of covid there wasn't a single pizza place open in hamilton to come good on on the bet there which you know believe it don't believe it but my comment back to steve was well uh, you know, a couple phone calls from Chugger in the city of Buffalo, and he can shut down every wing joint there in 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 Buff. So I wouldn't expect any wings to be available for the Toronto Rock next time they they visit Banditland. That's all I'm saying.
2: No, and and what a rivalry too! Like season series now one and one. Um, the first loss of the season to Buffalo comes from the hands of the Toronto Rock. Like that was. It, Rivalry is alive and well, and I like that the GMs are going back and forth.
1: You, season series tied up. We got to move along here, Brad. We got Nick Rose coming up here in mere minutes. Uh, Where are we here? Riptide and Georgia Swarm. I got this one wrong, Brad. I thought me and you, we were team tied this past weekend. It just never. I don't know. Slow starts seem to be a real issue for New York. Too little, too late
2: a little too late. They scored the final three goals of the game. I think it made it interesting, but just not enough jet gas and jam in the first couple quarters. And I said it again, I said it earlier, like it's the Georgia, it's this young Georgia core now that has some getting some game repetition and getting some experience and playing it together. They've got so many different rookies in every night and now it's starting to come together. And I think Lyle Thompson's finding his chemistry with, with Bombery a little bit better and Jackson's contributing. And, lyle's just on he's back on the mvp tear of the lyle from a few years yeah, ago Yeah, seven points absolutely 7. absolutely carrying this team right now and still playing ridiculously so georgia swarmed three and four man like Start, knocking on albany to pick and, it up yeah and philadelphia's door anything is possible this team is definitely trending
1: in the right direction gelling yeah gelling jacko with three and three um <clears throat> what else kind of stood out for you in this game Brad anything Connor Kearse goes 13 for 18 in the faceoff dot for Georgia Ag- which I against
2: see.
1: a against a guy like Thornburg, Thornburg, yeah, too, I didn't which really see that coming so that, that kind of pops off the page there and native uh, heritage month there or uh, what was it native heritage game or recognition down there in Georgia as well and that was fantastic to see crowds Crowds down there at a Gas South Arena, Brad, look like they are steadily improving for the Georgia Swarm, which is fantastic to see. Like you recall, back in like the early first couple of years, there, yikes! But now it's almost like it's you're looking at two thirds, which is just fantastic.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's it, they've had a winning team there, which I'm sure has helped build buzz, and I know it's pun intended, mm. and I think there's there's a there's a burgeoning little lacrosse community down south so i think they're they're there to support too so it's been um it's been nice to see jeff t with a quiet nine yeah. three and six
1: <laughs> he i'm like telling when he you goes, he just seven goes. He is two, his he's, like that that's his bar i think right seven eight points a night for t is doable and like nine twelve sometimes he's gonna go over he might have five or six one night but like i see him Seven points a night? Like, three and four, four and three, like two yeah, and five. Easy. Like,
2: I don't know. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be talking about this for the next 15
1: years. <laughs> he just does it with, like, barely a pulse, it looks like, which... I still don't understand how he looks so calm and cool and how the game slows down. But need a little more from, from some others there. You know, back end goaltending a little bit better. And, and New York will start to find the win column a little bit more. But uh, Georgia at home takes down the riptide. And and I have to question my, my picks uh, coming up in court number four. Tough week this week. Uh, Let's move along. Georgia, or Rochester, excuse me. Rochester taking on the Albany Firewolves. And this was the other game I jacked right up. High-scoring affair. 28 games pumped into this one. Uh, Shawnee Evans, 10 points. Joey Rez, 10 points. As they just went back and forth like a couple of boxers here. Fifteen, thirteen—the final. As rachacha Cha moves to three and five, and Albany drops to four and four, and win the
2: season series against Albany. Wow! Yeah, I didn't I think. think they've, that. They've, I didn't, yeah, yeah, they've had they've two two and zero oh against the Albany Firewolves. They've had Dougie's number, and they've had the uh, the Albany Firewolves. we a thirteen goal fourth quarter. I haven't gone back and watched this game yet. I might just go back and watch the fourth <laughs> yeah, quarter. Do that. Do that. 13 goals uh, a joe nardella fight i didn't realize this until i I saw an instagram picture of joe mark joe nardella with a with a big puffy black eye yeah joe nardella fight and i bring up the box score i'm like oh yeah there it
1: is he didn't uh yeah it wasn't much of a scrap i think he kind of got caught with one early and did the old two-leg takedown sort of deal but yeah no yeah i mean he's not shy from that sort of stuff and and i think he's gonna be suiting up as a belly this summer so he better not be shy about it
2: yeah, you're right. That that's uh that, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to see. That's mm-hmm. gonna be fun to see for sure. Um Dougie Jameson has one of his off nights. He's kind of been hot and cold yeah, this season. And same with the Albany firewalls too. Like they have they paid they played in some coast games, they played some low-scoring slug fest. This is their first real like barn burner that they've been in. But yeah, he's he's been hot and cold. Positives, Ressiteritz and and Benash seem to be both putting up numbers the last few games. So they're veterans getting it done. As the young guys are kind of like the energy guys, and the two veterans are the ones finishing and making things interesting. Like Albany at four and four, I was really hot on them the last couple of weeks. But it just goes to show, doesn't matter if you're Colorado, doesn't matter if you're anybody Albany, can you're beat anybody. Philly. Anybody's beating anybody right now
1: it is it's true uh, what else do we got here uh, this week uh, the final game no second to final no uh, we'll game. Bur- we'll
2: burn through two. seals over pclc this was just it was 3-3 at halftime um and then san diego <sighs> the over Brad. right oh. i know but that's um Tough. Yeah, like you'd Dame, Dame played a pretty good game against his former team, so I guess he knew some of those shooters. And Halifax, with no Tracy Koleski behind the bench, uh, and no, Hammer uh, back there, yeah. Dan Tep behind the bench either. So interesting things there. That team has been hit pretty hard with with the COVID bug. Um, three, three like, at halftime. Yeah, they kept it close in San Diego. Just what can you say? They're they're still rolling good six team. game win streak now, mm-hmm. and I've there's lost only since a handful of them? teams. No, oh, in opening night, yeah. and when everybody was talking about Buffalo's start, and if they did seven and seven and zero, not only would that have been it would only happened a couple of times in history, but even like mid season, there's barely there's only been a handful of seven game win streaks in the history of the National Lacrosse. League. So San Diego on the brink of some history. Um, their next timeout as they look to
1: make make it seven in a row, which is
2: rarefied air.
1: You hold Dobie to three points and Austin Stotts to four points. You got to win that game, and they were right there, right for the pick, and at halftime, Panther City on their home yeah, floor. They're not, but
2: they're not scoring anymore though. They five nothing just dried up the last few
1: weeks. Yeah, five nothing in the third quarter just sealed the fate. Just sealed the fate. Can't have a quarter like that. But uh, getting better there, Panther City, and still think though win themselves a couple here before the season is over, but San Diego is a-rolling. Talk more about them a little bit later. One game left, and it was the Sunday, 10 a.m. here on the West Coast. Just perfect. Wake up, cup of coffee, a little stretch, and then into some lacrosse. Halifax playing out of Hamilton, taking on the Philadelphia Wings, and Halifax keeps it rolling here, Brad, with a 10-8 victory over the Philadelphia Wings, as Cody Jameson starting to look like Cody Jameson again. But the guy that has really started to stand out for me, and he had the OT winner was Steph LeBlanc. And two goals, three assists. Yeah, good, solid. But just watching Steph, he looks so much more dangerous. And he's got a little more pep in his step. And I just, like, I think Steph just, it took a while for the rust to shake off there of that that veteran frame of his. But now he's looking like, you know, Steph LeBlanc is supposed to look and he helps them to a to a good solid 10-8 victory here over the wings who you know only muster eight here against Halifax, but five and what? Five and five now, Brad. Five and one for, for Halley. This Thunderbirds team is I mean, they're they're what we expected, I would say.
2: Yeah. And Philly still hasn't beaten a team with a 500 record. So I picked Halifax going into this game based on, on that stat. Philly is beaten up on, on Rochester, New York and Panther city, but hasn't beaten the big dogs yet. And they were actually up, they were up eight, seven with three minutes. two to two Two and a half. And then, yeah. Yeah. Gillies, Gillies in transition. And then LeBlanc with the winner and Tyson bell with an empty netter. That looked like he was chirping. He looked like he chirped the bench. Looked like he chirped. Billy's bench as he was running with the ball towards the empty net. Like, keep an eye on Tyson Bell there. But, I don't mind it. Yeah, it's, it's coming together. Probably. I think the whole squad was had a little bit of rust on. Like, it took it took uh, Cody James a little while. Hossig didn't look like Hoss the first few games of the season. Um, I think Warren Hill has played out real or out real unreal <laughs> lacrosse, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it just seems like they're. I mean Tyson described lucked, it as Keo a, as a, a little diesel. Rusty. But other than that, Tyson Tyson to De described it on the broadcast as a diesel engine takes a little bit a while to get going. Specifically Cody Jameson. Yeah. I think he could say of that for a few I'll members.
1: Get up on of the Halifax that Thunderbirds. Uh, hat the suit.
2: Benny McIntosh in this game. Like he's the only thing going right now for the Philadelphia wings. Like I've been beating the drum for a couple of weeks that they're missing an energy guy. They're missing. A, a water bug, a spark plug on that offense. And then he just like, there's a few times where he just took the ball. He's like, I'm driving this to the net. Yeah. No one's, no one's helping me get inside. I'm going to do this on my own. And it looked like he was just like fed up. Like Screw I'm it. taking this.
1: Yeah. He can take no it one over else helped me.
2: I'm doing it. But yeah, Philly can st- continues to, to struggle. They only allowed, only scored seven the week before against Toronto. Now they only put up eight against Halifax. That offense is too talented, but they just need a little bit. of. They need some jump to get things going.
1: Yeah, uh, and they're probably going to get some time off and some practice time coming up here. I haven't looked at their advanced schedule yet, but they gotta be having some bye weeks off. They're at ten games already, and we're heading into to week twelve here, so they gotta have some bye weeks coming up. That was who we had the week. That was Brad. You know what comes after that? It's time to head for the Stampy Attack in Western Wear Stables. I thought you were gonna like eat a carrot or something the next time. We forgot to. Oh do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Forgot to do. Anyways, have we have promise. reached the Stampy Tack and Western Wear Stables. Uh, they are out near Cloverdale, where Stampy Tack and Western Wear is located. They're corner of Highway Ten and One Eightieth. They've been there since nineteen sixty-six. You can shop online at stampede.ca, where Shopping Online is still shopping local. We got a nice message from uh, who you got winner, Rob Mason, saying, you know, anytime that he hears somebody needs a pair of boots, he mentions Stampede Tack and Western Wear, and it's directly because of the podcast. And I love hearing stuff like that. I know Kevin out there at Stampede does as well. And he's right. You need a boot. They have every single type of boot you can imagine. All the top brand names, Canadian made, all the rest of it, stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. We've decided, Brad, two stamping Stallions this week. I get one, you get one. I'm going to read off the stat line of my stallion, and it's up to you to be able to tell me who it is, okay? Okay. I mean, Actually, you go this, first. You go pa- first. No,
2: the, you're talking just the stat line from the past game that they played, that they were the stallion. Game, correct. 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 Okay. So you okay. go I'll first because I'm not first. ready to quit yet. Yeah. I'll go first. Two goals, twelve loose balls, five cause turnovers. It's only a handful of guys in the league that can drop a stat line like that. Say I mean, that
1: again right? for me. Say
2: Two <laughs> goals, twelve loose balls. We
1: got the five cause turnovers. We got, we got the same guy. Hey, Zach see, this is
2: what I Currier. called last week. It's Zach. Yeah, I, I told you this last week this is why we couldn't do this without preparation because there's a lot of times we're going to get the same guy.
1: Oh man, I didn't That's a think you would go there. I didn't think you'd go there but it just shows you that we are just so connected and on the same
2: page. I didn't think you'd go outside of Vancouver
1: knowing <laughs> I uh, went you're, Vancouver you're, last you're week. Thing. I didn't want to
2: t- Well, I know. Hey, I don't leave it past you to do it twice in a row. Let's call it a tie then. Courier clearly the front runner. Like that was a fantastic um Bounce back performance by the Calgary Roughnecks. They they love transition. They they're going to run almost every time they make a save with that pass that Del Bianco has. And Courier was the was the benefactor. He's one of the fastest players in the league. He had one coast to coast goal. He had an empty netter. Yeah. And you know the way he soaks shots and gets in lanes is is second to none. So it had to be Carrier for me.
1: Yeah, me too. And just <laughs> like you mentioned, the stat line jumped off the page: five cost turnovers, twelve lease balls, two goals, and they just look like. He was not going to let that rough next team lose that game. Uh and and just kind of took over and he can do that. That's how good of a lacrosse player Zach Courier is. We got a, another good lacrosse player. He plays between the pipes coming up. Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock will join us in quarter number 2. Welcome to the stable Zach Courier. Nicky Rose, Toronto Rock, quarter 2, Lacrosse 171 is back up to this. <laughs> Hey, this is Landon Miller. You're listening to Lax Class, your go to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second quarter we go. And before we go to our next interview here, I got to let you know about our friends at Rycor Construction. This interview coming up is brought to you by Rycor Construction. They make it stand out. Instagram and Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. Website is www.ryocorconstruction.ca, and give these guys a follow on social media. They're always posting up their latest work, renovations, fences, decks, you name it. Rycora Construction, they make it stand out, and they're standing out on the podcast right here as well. And joining us back on the podcast is the starting goaltender for the Toronto Rock, number sixty-six in your program. It's Nick Rose, uh, Rosie. Welcome back to Lax Glass. Congrats on the big win in the hammer there over the Buffalo Bandits. Those wins over the Bandits always feel a little bit better, don't they?
3: Uh, yeah, I guess you just took the words out of my mouth there. Um, obviously, we're we're still chasing them in the division, so yeah, the the win is a maybe a bit bigger than playing a different team, but uh, it's a great rivalry and uh, we enjoy playing in it.
2: And handing them their first loss of the season must feel uh, extra special too. Um, I think we're going to get some fans back in the seats, hopefully in Ontario soon. What's it been like playing um, at, in first Ontario Centre without Rock City behind you?
3: Yeah, it's definitely been pretty weird. Uh, I mean, I think everybody on both teams, uh, the few games we played without fans would say that, but. Um, it's different. I mean, it's better than not playing the games, to be honest with you, but uh, we can't wait to get our fans back uh, behind
1: us. And Nick, I mean, the Toronto Rock, a lot of people had them high up in the rankings going into the preseason. You looked at that back end and some of the moves that Jamie had made in the off season, and a lot of people were taking the Toronto Rock, and it just seemed like out of the gates you guys took a while to find your stride, and a lot of, you know, it was either tribes was out or robbie was out or latrell was out there was never really the full package there and a couple of new players add into the lineup as well but now all the pieces are kind of seemingly fit what do you think the difference has been has it just been being completely healthy or has it been a combination of that and having some time together now
3: yeah i think it's a bit of all that i mean uh every team kind of goes up goes through ups and downs in a season uh Hopefully our downs kind of came early on here. Obviously, the the COVID protocols and all that uh, being with a different lineup every game, and th- that's not an excuse. Uh, every team's dealing with it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's taken us a little while to find our identity, and I think, uh, I think we found that, and we're playing pretty well, but we got to keep it going. It doesn't get easier.
2: How have you seen the evolution of Thomas Shriver? Like, it's just, it's unreal what he's done the last three games. I don't know if there's a better... Pure goal scorer right now in the National Lacrosse League. You've been there since his rookie season. What's different between then and what he's been doing the last two weeks?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think Reed Reinhold had an interview uh, during the game on the weekend. He Scared kind of him. Said that, Scary. Yeah. Tommy's <laughs> freaking him out a little bit, but uh, no, I think, I think he's a guy that uh, always wants to be one of the best players in the world. And he's obviously, he obviously is. And uh, he works hard on his own. He's not at, at every practice just because of uh, living in the States, but um, he's always kind of shooting on a, he's got a guy in Long Island that he's shooting on all the time. He's working on his shot. He's obviously always had the smarts and the skill, but uh, he's just finding a way to cash in on all those shots. And um, yeah, this is a, probably the best we've ever seen him probably has something to do with being as healthy as he is. Uh, he hasn't been the, the healthiest uh throughout his career. And uh, I think being healthy is a big difference. Yeah, that's exactly.
1: Nick, I'm so glad you said that's exactly what I said off the top, talking about Tom Schreiber. So I know I'm not crazy now. Uh, Brad asked me about this. And so I kind of want to ask you about it as well. And that's Billy Hostrauser and Brad McCully getting into it. And Brad made the comment that Billy's fought, I think three times this year and all three times have been against a rookie. And what we saw, against Buffalo and Toronto in the first game, a lot of people were anticipating Steve Pirello and Billy Hostrazer in the second game, and that didn't happen. And he said, do you think McCully was tapped to go out and fight Billy? And I said, no. I said, I bet you as a rookie, Brad McCully asked his coach to go out, and and I think he made a poor decision asking Billy, but I think he wanted to fight for his team. He just kind of picked the wrong guy to do it. But you know Billy is as, as well as anybody, being an Orangeville guy, and he's not a guy that's going to go out and look for a rookie to to beat the snot out of. But you can't turn away from a guy if he wants to challenge you. Where do you, where do you come out on that? Did, do you expect Priolo and, and Billy to have a go there at, in Hamilton? Um, yeah, I did personally. I think uh, just with how the
3: first game ended, it was uh, pretty messy kind of both ways, and um, it got a little ugly and that that's their top fighter and Billy's obviously our top fighter and um yeah Billy's not a guy that's ever uh gonna pick his spots I mean if somebody comes up to him and wants to go him he's gonna go him so um I I think good on uh Macaulay too like he if yeah. he felt that 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 was what need, was needed for his team and what he needed to do then all the respect to him there but yeah like you said like Billy uh can only do what he can do and He's not uh going out there looking for rookies that's for sure y'all uh, i I guess anybody can get it if uh it's kind of what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah, and, and and they've got it. If it. they want it if they want it.
2: it if they want it they can get it
3: yeah um a yeah. couple of
2: particulars about the game this last weekend Rosie wanted to pick your brain about was a couple of the goals that I think you were talking to the refs after, and I think us as, as fans and broadcasters watching, were like, why did these stand? First of all, the Josh Byrne one. Holy God, he how do he you st- come down st- off <laughs> the top of your head? Um, like, I know what the interpretation of the rule book is, but when you're looking at a ref in a situation like that, are they explaining to you, this is why this stood?
3: Yeah, I, I think it was Garrison, uh, Matt Garrison, that asked about, um, he said, uh, obviously, like, him, his stick in my head didn't really impede my ability to kind of make the save, which I don't disagree with. Um, it, it is tough though because, like on the on the other side, maybe my head kind of stopped his stick's momentum and allows the ball to kind of keep going a little bit instead of just like a true shot. But I don't know. That was an incredible play. I think.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think ridiculous. it should have. St- it's. Yeah, I don't know if you should have, Nick. I I don't know if. I've ever really seen a goal quite like that. Like I know Callum does a lot of that, but that's kind of been the new in vogue thing where guys aren't going horizontal across your crease. They're going vertical up into it and just trying to hang in the air as long as they can. Does that, is that's gotta be difficult on goaltenders.
3: Yeah, it's almost impossible. I mean, hopefully our photographer didn't get me uh, getting posterized too bad on that, but no, no, it's an incredibly athletic play, he, uh, and for him just to basically shoot the ball directly down and in the post and in uh, takes a lot of skill. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the, getting hit on the head with the stick is an ideal, but um, that's uh, that's on the league You've if have want worse. to look at or not. You've got, yeah, worse. No, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, yeah, that was a tough one. But I don't know any uh, any chance I can get uh, goal turned over. I'm going to ask the ref about it. So, but that that was an incredible play.
2: And what about the, uh, what about the Buchanan one where he seemingly shot from behind you, from behind the goal line, it sort of banks off your back, of your neck down in your back. And then, and then, in. what did you get from the refs? On because
1: that one? Th- Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. That doesn't count as to registering a shot, but you can score a goal from below the goal line like that. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
3: Yeah, that one uh, was a little confusing. I think uh, maybe that's a play that the league needs to look at a little bit closer. I mean, they they wouldn't have got a reset if I make the save there, so um so I'm not sure how uh, they can kind of throw the ball from behind the line, but it was pretty close uh, um in real speed, so I I get if uh, if they didn't really catch that or whatever, I thought I got enough of it more so where uh, Buchanan might have touched the crease uh, before it actually went in, but um but yeah no it uh. Some difficult plays. Uh, we got some great offensive players in our league, and uh, we, uh, us goalies, get scored on every which way. So, um, some tough plays for the league, to, I guess, get figured out.
1: Uh, Albany coming up this week, Nick, and and they just dropped the game to the Rochester Nighthawks. So you know they're going to have a little burr in their saddle. What kind of problems does Albany pose? I think you guys beat them. I want to say the opening week of the season, a bit of a low-scoring affair. What do you what do you expect in the rematch against the Firewolves?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're expecting them to be better than when we saw them in Hamilton, for sure. And, I mean, same for us. I think that we're a, a bit better than we were uh, for the home opener. But um, I expect Dougie to be Dougie. He's, uh, he's been playing great. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to watch a game from this past weekend, obviously. Um, they're going to be uh, hungry for a win after coming off a loss. But um, every team in the East uh, can beat anybody, I, in my mind. And um, I think that's very evident by how the games are going. And Really? Um, we gotta we got to come prepared to play our best game of the year uh, to beat them because they got a lot of firepower up front and good defense and one of the best goalies in the world. So we got to be at our best, but uh, it's going to be a tough game and we're hoping to keep uh, keep rolling. Rosie,
2: away from the Toronto Rock, you're now the general manager yes. of your Orangeville Northmen. So congratulations Hard's on that. Sure it's, yeah, probably thank you. You, it's probably something you wanted for a long time. Um, you know, I always pictured you, and uh, you've done some coaching as well, but is is managing and general managing something you'd like to get into once the playing career's done? And this is a little, uh, little appetizer for that?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess with all this expansion and then all, it's something to look at uh, for post-playing career. But, uh, no, I just, uh, any chance I get to uh, be around and involved with the Northmen, obviously I'm going to take it. And uh, even being assistant GM felt very uh, involved with the junior Rays and Learning behind uh, Bob Cleveland and Brucey Codd e. uh, was a great experience, and with Brucey kind of stepping away for uh, for the summer, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm looking forward to. We're kind of just starting to make uh, some moves and put together a uh, roster and well, was, got a coach.
1: I was gonna say, What's Nick, you, you you won the lottery, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so somehow the, the Dark Empire there gets the number one pick. Plus you you know, you slap together a half ass coaching staff there as well. Uh, you want to rattle off those guys? Like, I just think to myself, like, how do you compete with that?
3: Yeah, I mean, we obviously have great people involved at every level uh, with Orange and a lot of guys give back, and we, we always talk about that when people ask us why we're successful. I think it is those guys kind of coming back, and um, I, uh, I named Rusty Kruger, who is an assistant coach with The Rock, our head coach uh, for the Northmen, and then phil the per sanderson's back who uh helped who was on the coaching staff uh for a few years already and then andrew Souter, i guess retired at the right time and got more time on his hands for me and uh he's gonna hop on the bench and yeah we're we're real happy about our coaching staff and uh yeah obviously with getting the first overall pick uh that's pretty nice i was kind of walking out uh we, we had practice with the rock so our president was at the meeting and uh she kind of texted me right as I was walking out saying that I'd be real happy with her. And, and then afterwards kind of found out, we had the first overall pick. So yeah, we're excited about it, but we got to do our uh, due diligence and make sure we kind of hit on those picks and put together the best team possible.
1: Bradley, you got anything else?
2: Yeah, we got one of the best goaltenders, in the national lacrosse league and a veteran of this league on with us right now. So I want to pick your brain, Nikki on, the new the new generation that's coming in we've seen there's a couple of great guys behind you um, in this league and we've seen more rookie goaltenders start games this year than i think any other year before and i think with the expansion a lot of the speculation has been how deep can we go with goaltenders but i think the well is i think the well is pretty hefty myself what do you make about all these 21 year old goaltenders rookie goaltenders coming in and, and making impacts right away this year
3: yeah, I mean, it's not really a shocker uh, to me. I, I've been around a lot of the young goalies that are coming in and kind of making an I mean, our goalie for the Junior A Northman, Chris Origliari, started a game uh, after a late COVID uh, situation and, and won his first game at 19 years old. So obviously there's some great young goalies in the league. Um, they're just kind of getting thrown in the fire a little bit earlier than normal. But um, I think that's kind of going to be the norm. And, um a lot of the goalies are uh, used to those high pressure situations it's just uh yeah it's gonna be a bit different for each goalie but i I think uh I think the league is in good hands with the young goalies but um, maybe it, it is something that the league kind of looks at a bit closer and uh, tries to develop even more so um, at the younger ages and into the states and all that kind of stuff but no the the goal unions strong in the league and uh, um, yeah you Keep expanding and more opportunities for those goalies.
1: Well, as long as Orangeville exists, I think we're going to be fine. And go, like Hartsy starting to feel himself. We haven't seen dunks get into a game yet, and they're just going to keep coming. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. As long as Orangeville's on the map, goaltenders will be available. All right, say hi to the boss for me. Best of luck against the Albany firewalls and we will talk soon. Okay.
3: Thanks, Jumbo. Thanks, Brad.
2: Thanks, Nick. You. We'll see you in Vancouver in March. I'm surprised it's not a TSN game of the week having Vancouver and Toronto get together because I've said before I'd watch Toronto play Vancouver in ping pong or whatever sport you can uh, come up with. But uh, we'll see uh, Rogers Arena in
3: March, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Nice, buddy.
1: There you go, Nick Rose, 66, Toronto Rock, new GM of the Orangeville Northmen, and everybody like get this guy a sitcom called Everybody Loves Rosie because I've. I say this all the time. I've never heard one person say one bad word about Nick Rose.
2: No, he's he's a mentor. He's been sort of the captain of that rock pile house for for years now, and he's one of the best goaltenders in the national lacrosse. He's playing fantastic lacrosse right now for the Toronto Rock, who are trending in the right direction. So. Looking
1: good too. Three apples in that last game there for Rosie, if I'm not mistaken. So great chat there with Rosie, and I was glad I was we kind of able to open up there a little bit with them. And we got another great conversation coming up next in quarter number three. Matthew Marty Dinsdale had a hat trick for his Vancouver Warriors and a big win over the Saskatchewan Rush on Friday night. We're going to talk to him about that and a whole lot more. Stick around. Quarter three, episode 171, is back after this.
2: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is NLL Hall of Famer
1: Steve Toll. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into second half action here on EP 171. But not before I tell you about Associated Labels and Packaging. I saw the entire staff down there. Sean Ashworth, the owner of Associated Labels and Packaging, treats his employees like just Absolute gold, but they had a big Super Bowl party going down there. The entire business was wearing some sort of jersey or another. Looked like they're having a good time, and they have a good time when they're making labels and packages for your company to make your brand stand out as well. AssociatedLP.com is where you can find them both on the internet and social media. AssociatedLP.com stands for labels and packaging. 40 years of experience down there in Coquitlam, need a label, need a package. They are your people. Marty, Matthew, I don't know if you've ever been on Lax Glass, so I'm just going to welcome you to the podcast here. I think this is your first time having a chat, is it not?
4: Yeah. First timer. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Well, listen, man, you, you go off for, uh, for a hat trick against your former club and a big victory on home floor. You're going to get the tap. So welcome to Lax Class, take, man. Eh? Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta you got to keep it uh, relevant here. And, and you were definitely prominent in that lacrosse game. And I know you're not really that guy marty but did that one feel a little extra special especially after dropping the first one in tight fashion but you showing up with three against your former club and, and getting that win that had to feel pretty good
4: yeah it did i mean the the win was the bigger achievement there that night but yeah it was nice to put a few in the back of the net it was nice to coming off a little bit of a, i missed the game before so it was nice to get back on the floor with the guys and be able to produce and get the win and yeah against the old team is always a little cherry on top but it was nice to do that at home in front of the fans get back in the wind column
2: jumbo nice jumbo and i were raving about your what i call the fadeaway shot marty is where you come it's like a two-man game you come around top and you're almost almost like backpedaling but it's a sidearm shot on the run as you're coming from the shooter position to the point talk about that shot like that's what we think is that's one of the weapons in your arsenal is that something that you you train specifically for that you practiced on like where does where does that shot come from
4: uh probably honestly field cross is something that helped that shot and just learning how to kind of um, be able to keep your feet moving and shoot on the run and be accurate with that um, is something that uh, yeah I don't think I've um, necessarily focused on working on but it's definitely been um, Something that has been uh, effective for me um, through my career. What's your field across? What's your field across
2: background? I didn't know you played much.
4: Yeah, I played a little bit, a handful, kind of through my teenage years, basically. Beer hunters, you get a little games. beer well, hunter
1: action in there, Martin? <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. I did get yes. uh, one season yes. as beer hunters.
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, But yeah, I played uh, a handful of, of seasons uh, growing up. Um, through high school
1: well you played a handful of seasons in the national lacrosse league as well uh, starting out in calgary edmonton saskatchewan and now back here in vancouver was that a difficult decision for you matthew when when it came time unrestricted free agency and you got to kind of pick like that's a right you earn as a veteran player in this league was it always the plan to come home or was there a lot of debate internally there
4: yeah, that was uh, probably the toughest decision of my career to to leave that group. Um, it wasn't easy. We obviously had uh, success together, um, but the the off season unfortunately was uh, a little bit uh, overextended, and uh, yeah, contract ran out. Um, and I had, uh, I had a choice to make there. So, um, you know, playing close to home, playing in Vancouver was something that I did think about over, over the years is as, as something that, um, might be something that I wanted to do. Um, at the, at the time when I was with the rush, I still wanted to kind of see what I could get with that group. But uh, I think that the timing made sense for me being unrestricted, um, having a young daughter now, just being closer to home, just made a little bit more sense um, so I was excited to come play for Vancouver. How has dad life changed? No, I was gonna yeah.
2: Say, yeah.
4: Yeah. You know what? It hasn't been, uh, as much of a change as I, as I maybe thought, uh, before, before she was born, but it's been absolutely amazing. It's been a lot of fun having her at home. She's She's running around and um, she she's learned how to say no and uh, she she likes having her own way right now uh, which is which is fun keeps you on your toes but uh, yeah it's been uh, it's been awesome being a dad I'm really enjoying.
1: It. What do you what do you think you've learned over your time in in the National Crossing, Marty, coming into the, to the league as a pretty young buck and kind of finding your way with the Roughnecks organization, then moving into Saskatchewan where you had a regular role, including, you know, scoring a championship clinching goal. And now here in Vancouver, being a bit of an older guy and well established in the league and, and, you know, probably a little bit of a leadership role here in Vancouver as well.
4: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um,
1: I it's guess. Been so long. <laughs> sorry. 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 I don't mean to, yeah, yeah.
4: Um, they mean to just, yeah. yeah, sorry. No, no, that's all right. Um, I don't know what, what have I learned? I think, uh, I, I think you just learn to, uh, to appreciate the game, I guess, especially over the last uh, couple of years, you never know when it's going to be, be your last game. So you, you got to, uh, just, appreciate every time you get to put the pads on and get out onto the floor and uh enjoy the experiences with uh with your teammates with uh with the fans i think it's something that early on in your career you take for granted a little bit um but especially kind of going over the last two years with basically no lacrosse it's something that you miss and um you've you been take playing it up you, yeah, to but... the crowd a
1: little bit uh, this season more right? more so than i've ever seen you kind of do you've been getting the double pumpernickels going and up <laughs> on the glass and all the, the rest of it that's something kind of new for you
4: it is yeah kind of to my point it's something that i you know i i appreciate a little bit more than i did um a handful of years ago or early on in my in my career so yeah trying to play it up to the fans a little bit more because um you, you never know when it's going to be uh, your last season, your last game. So you just want to um, get the most out of every moment.
2: Well, it looks like the whole group is is having fun, especially when Mitch, Mitch Jones goes down for the next eight weeks or so. And every single player in the offense has been contributing the last few games. And I'm seeing a lot of smiles and a lot of celebrations. It looks like a pretty fun group to play with. What's What's the atmosphere like inside that room?
4: Yeah, it's been uh, we got a really good group and um, we got, uh, you know, with with Jonesy going out, like you said, we got some new faces coming into the lineup and and guys are stepping up. And it's it's a lot of fun when obviously the goals are coming and you can have some success over the last couple of games. We've been able to do that, but um, we got a good group of guys that are willing to to step up, put the work in. It's not we're not an offense that's going to rely on one guy. Everyone's got to put in the uh, the time. Um and, uh, and grind it out to get those goals. So um, it's been a, a good group success over the last couple of games.
1: Is there anybody in that room that you didn't really know before that you've kind of taken a shine to, or, or maybe a guy that you didn't like uh, playing against that now you've kind of buddied up with?
4: I mean, I think uh, both Logan and Mitch probably stand out. We, I played against those guys through my through my minor yeah. um, career, a whole bunch, and definitely some rivalry there between us. So I didn't really know what to expect coming onto the team with those guys, but they've been uh, they've been they're beauties. Uh, they're they're great guys. They've welcomed me with open arms into the team and onto the offense, and it's been a lot of fun playing with them.
2: Talk about. Um... Brett Midsky, like
4: Jumbo and I were talking about him off
2: the top of the show, Marty. And like he, I think he's playing defensive player of the year, sort of caliber lacrosse right now. And I think the time off helped him. That's another guy who's, who's a dad now and might've been under the shadow of, of Rubish and Dilks and Corbs all those years. Um, Obviously you've always known he was this good, but are you seeing a different side of him in Vancouver than you did in Sask?
4: Yeah. I mean, um, he's been awesome for us this year. And I think, yeah, getting that um, that leadership role has, has brought out maybe a potentially a, a different side and a different level to his game. Cause he's been um, definitely kind of one of the um, cornerstones of our, of our defensive end. He's a, he's a great player. he, um disrupts offense and uh gets the mix and nice for him to uh get a goal i was on gonna say how of... about the bar <laughs> down snipe too like yeah uh... he did snipe one i don't know why he was on the other side of center there but uh <laughs> he ended up putting one in the back of the net for us which was a, a big goal so yeah he's been um he's been awesome to, to reconnect with get back on the floor with he's a pretty special player
1: where are you it's right weird... now marty sorry brad you got a you got a little quote in behind you there i can't like i'm blind as a bat so what where, whereabouts are you right now what is uh what does that
4: say yeah i'm at work at uh innovative fitness down in port moody it's uh that's our core values okay. i behind in behind me yeah all right i'll take a you, closer a,
2: look at that are you a trainer
1: yeah
4: yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional training coach here. I also just stepped up to uh, into studio manager, so kind of uh, running the show now.
1: Warriors discount down there? Do we get, uh, get Jumbo on Come on up? down. Okay. I'll, I'll hook you up. All right, sounds good. I've nice uh, like, been back in a gym since the pandemic hit, man. Like I've been doing stuff in my living room and stuff, but like it's been a long time. I'm getting the itch. I got the itch. Yeah,
4: we got the space.
1: Come on down. All right.
2: I want to know. It, it's so weird now to see... You and Benny Mac and Churchy all spread out across the National Lacrosse League Now everyone's on different teams. Everyone's doing their own thing, different stages of their lives. Um Do you keep track of those guys, you know, stats and see who's having a big game and and uh, get the chat going to just to, to rib each other and whatnot?
4: Yeah, I've, uh, I stay connected with Church a little bit more than Benny. Uh, I actually trained Churchy on uh, Wednesday mornings. He comes into the oh. gym, so I'm able to kind of see him weekly. So. I made sure he was nice and sore before uh, before the last game <laughs> there. say too <laughs> Um, No, but yeah, we uh, we stayed connected, and uh, it was yeah a ton of fun. Obviously, grew up playing with those guys, so it was pretty special to be ha- have a few seasons together, win a few championships together, and um, I think again going back to k- taking things for granted, I think uh, we took it for granted kind of with with what we had together, and um, it's. It was uh it was a lot of fun when we were able to have that and now uh, yeah we're all split up spread out across the league and uh but it's still fun to uh stay connected to those guys.
1: Speaking with Matthew Marty Dinsdale I know you you, you prefer Matthew but everybody calls you Marty is that is that how that goes? It doesn't matter to you. Either is fine. Okay.
4: Either is fine. I mean, I'm used to Marty. It's, it's basically been my name my
1: whole life. So. Uh, all right. So I'm going with Marty for now. But uh, I had Logan Schuss and Tyler Codron on Twitter spaces over the weekend. And it's funny you mentioned Logan and Mitch, guys you didn't know, because Logan kind of said the same thing about you because we brought you up. And I said, I said, I, I one of the weirdest or funniest things I know about you, and I didn't notice this until we were kind of in SAS together. But during plyometrics, during warm-ups, you go back and forth across the turf doing your thing, but then you shock yourself on the boards every time you come back, like intentionally. Like, you know when you, you rub your feet on the carpet, and then you touch something, you get that shock Marty does this intentionally to himself over and over again. How did this start, and why do you continue to do it? uh control i guess <laughs> i don't
4: uh, i don't like getting surprised by it and uh, that's what happened especially in uh, saskatchewan it's i don't know if it's the the dry air or the cold weather but uh, a lot of static on that floor so uh, you'd get some shocks and some surprises so i was just like you know what if it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. so you don't take control like over this and yeah. do it myself
1: <laughs> you don't like being shocked so you shock yourself that's right exactly you get it that's amazing
2: <laughs> calgary roughnecks this weekend we don't you're this first time you're going to be part of this rivalry between vancouver and calgary normally it's like the home opener the season opener for both teams we're deep into february now for the first time these team teams are going to get together um what are you anticipating calgary another another hungry team and a great goaltender but uh what's what's it gonna take for a win on friday night
4: yeah, it's going to take more of the same of what we had on, uh, on Friday night there, a full 60 minutes. I think, um, I think we were able to put that together on Friday, our most complete game of the year, and it's going to take another complete game to be able to, uh, take a win in Calgary. Um, they got a, a, a really good, a really good group. Um, and, um, it's tight in the West and every game counts, especially the, the divisional, um, divisional matchups. We want to try to, um, win, win every series that we can there. So um, yeah, it's going to take uh, a more of the same, a good, uh, a good 60 minutes of lacrosse for us to be able to pull that win. Up.
1: Last one here for you as we speak with Matthew Dinsdale and you've had some, some unique offensive coaches in your day, Kerr I think a Jeff McComb, Caleb Toth, um, who, you know, never really kind of seeks the spotlight or you don't hear a whole lot about him, but tell me about Caleb and the offense that he runs and what's that been like learning a new system under Niner?
4: Yeah, well, I see he was uh, an awesome player, very effective player, and he's had um, success bringing that into his coaching ability as well. So he's been, uh, yeah, a, a really good guy to uh, to learn from. Uh, I think he puts a lot of trust in his players. And again, it goes back to the, uh, the group that we have on offense and being able to go out and perform. So um, not a whole lot of maybe structure X's and O's more just kind of um, working through some, yeah. Flow of the offense and uh, kind of things, obviously on a game to game basis, on kind of what we can do to be successful against certain guys or certain defenses, but On a whole, kind of trusting of the uh, of the guys that we have on offense to be able to go out and get done.
1: Not giving away any secrets, uh, Marty Dinsdale. Hey man, fantastic game on Friday. Best of luck this Friday against the Calgary Roughnecks. And can't believe it, but we got to wait till March twelfth before we get you back home against the Toronto Rock. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Appreciate your time, and we'll talk soon.
4: Appreciate it. Thanks for having
1: me. There you go. Appreciate you coming on, Matthew. Marty Dinsdale right there. Sixteen, Vancouver Warriors. And looks like I gotta head down to Innovate fitness and, and get my ass in, in shape here in twenty twenty two. Thanks for doing this, Marty. We'll talk soon. Yeah, no problem. Take Come care. On down.
4: Just a hop
2: skip and a jump away from you, Jumba. How is that hip coming uh, I mean, you had Surgery on it, uh how many weeks ago now? Wow,
1: well, we're we're months now. We're we're probably 5 months out but I mentioned a couple of weeks ago there I kind of felt a little twinge there disc golf and so I've been kind of nursing it but uh I'm letting the, the secrets out here this week Brad but uh you know I've been I got the echelon bike the the Costco version of the Peloton if you will and Danny convinced me to to get myself a pair of spin shoes to go with my spin oh, bike so i'm like full yeah but uh problem is that one of the clamps like i broke the clamp right out of the bottom of the shoe so now i got to get my spin shoes fixed but long story short this is why i got back on the kettlebell this is why i need to get back in the gym because i don't have my spin shoes right now brad and i can't spin without my spin shoes you're such a
2: prima donna uh, these yeah. days what happened to the jumbo that i don't know, just yeah. didn't wear a onesie for <laughs> bedtime and didn't
1: strap into his <laughs> echelon bike you're, you're, i don't know who, who i'm soft become. on me now i don't know who i've become here but uh have you become? good convo there with marty we still got another quarter to go here brad big quarter it will be who you got for week number 12 lax class locks are coming up as well we'll tie it all together in the fourth quarter keep it right here on ep 171 lacrosse flash podcast network
3: hey this is joel mccready from the vancouver
1: warriors you're listening to lacrosse classified growing the game one podcast at a time and now it's time for who you got Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into the fourth and final quarter. No more breaks here on the podcast. Jake Elliott, Brad Schellner with you. Uh, this is normally, I was so looking forward to playing a little Montel Jordan, Brad, uh, and introducing hey, this, yeah, this is
2: how we do it. This
1: is how we do it. Uh, we can just sing it. I'd rather hear the actual thing if, if we're actually oh, okay. going to. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Evan. Unfortunately, it's a little mysteriously absent right now. He may join us shortly, so we'll keep that window open for you. But uh, efforting Evan Schemenauer here in the fourth quarter. Not sure what's going on there. But with all that being said, we still have Stampy Tax, who he got, in Lax Glass Locks coming up here in quarter number four. And we've decided to do a little uh, combo parlay between the three of us here this week to try and get back on the winning track. I think all three of us went two for three in our parlays this week. We'll discuss a little bit more with that. Before we get into who you got, I want to make sure to tell you guys to give us a follow on social media at Brad Chow, at Shem at PXP for sports. Email address is at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. We got a Facebook page. We have an Instagram account at Lacrosse Classified. We have a Twitter account at Lax Class. And we would be ever so grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast and give it a little five-star review and jot down a few nice words about us. That helps out our podcast immensely. And speaking of helping out the podcast immensely, I will drop a little tease here, Brad. We got something special to announce for episode one seventy-two. Stay tuned for that. A little foreshadowing there. Helping out the podcast immensely. Announcement coming next episode.
2: Hey, we're a show we're a show of the people. Always open to ideas feedback questions comments concerns dms are always open and uh yeah maybe something exciting to expand the lacrosse classified nation take it to the the
1: classmates are are growing every single week and we want to take this thing to the next level and we think we may be on to something here so yeah and
2: if you guys also this out there too if you guys got ideas about what you like about the show what you don't like about the show um, what you want to hear differently? We're always open to that kind of stuff too. So um, again, slide into our DMs. Don't be don't be shy, and and let us know what you think. You know, we like length of the show, gas. What you interested in hearing? What you're liking? Like I said, um, you know, we we've got thick skin here, and we're always looking to improve the show. So let us know what you think. We are here for you guys. We put this on for you every week, and we want to uh, make sure you're enjoying your experience to the utmost. Yeah,
1: not only are we open to it we encourage it fully so take advantage uh dms are open like brad said all right brad uh no evan but it's time for who you got it's time once again to play your favorite podcast game who you got you got brought to you by stampede tack and western wear jeans belts hats boots buckles bolas uh, hey who knows maybe alexis bouquet was shopping at stampede tack and western wear that little bola get up yeah going on on friday night you never know but uh you do know you can find it at stampede tack and western wear out there in cloverdale 1966 that was before I was even born Brad you know they've been there a long time if that's the case they're out there corner of highway 10 and 180th I was driving through the dale the other day I always think man I should stop in a Stampede Tack didn't have the chance to do it this week but uh, love just there's no other store in the lower mainland like Stampede Tack in Westshore it is a fabulous place to go shopping
2: for a lot of No there's no there's literally no other if you're in the lower mainland there's no other place to buy There's like not. Western clothing. Like, I was really into um, a few years, well, quite a few years ago. Now I used, to, I was really into Western shirts. Yeah, so you I were. liked. Yeah, I had, you were. I would have like eagles on the shoulder blades, and you know all these. Uh, nice pearl buttons on a on a pink shirt with flames <laughs> on the sleeves, like just these really. I was really into country shirts for a while there, and I think you know my, my style has changed a little bit over the years. But that was the only place you could go; like you had to go to Stampede, Tack, and Western Wear, and that's where, and got that's where I go, got my Brad. Western shirts. And if I was gonna get back into that again, or if I was gonna go maybe get dressed up for a Western night at Rogers Arena or the Cloverdale Rodeo or something, that's hundred percent where you go.
1: While we're on it. And I got an opportunity here. we I had somebody get a hold of me today, wanted to sign up for who you got. And I want to encourage people to still do this again here this week, Brad. You can still win weekly – speaking of that, I didn't even get the name of the weekly. Brad, while I'm talking, maybe you can log into to the pool there and get the name of the winner because Evan usually handles that. But you can still sign up for who you got. Get on uh, – the, the link is in the Twitter bio at Lax Class. Click that. Search up who you got. Two Ts. There are no imposters out there. Who you got with two Ts? Two Ts in Elliot. Two Ts and got. Stampy Tack and join the pool. The password—I don't think I mentioned this last time I did this. The password is lax class all lowercase. Lax class all lowercase, one word, and get in. It's a confidence pool. You put it, put pick your winner, and then put the the highest number. Beside the team you are the most confident in winning and as so you just work your way down. Starts at eight this week because there's five games, goes down to three. Six games, goes down to three, and that's how you do it. So three is the game you're most least confident in. Eight is the game you're most confident in. And you may be in tough for the grand prize, but you can still win weekly prizes here for who you got. So sign up. Still time. Lots of weeks left. week. Yep. <laughs>
2: Yada, yada, yada. Lots of information in there, but the weekly prize is the most important thing. And congratulations to Ian Walsh, yes. otherwise known as I-Dub, who came in first place with 29 points last week. I don't have the standing, so I don't know how many games he got right, what his tiebreaker was. There was a couple players that got uh, 28 points last week, but uh, Ian Walsh with 29. So congrats, Ian Walsh. You got a prize back from Stampede Western attack. Stampede Western where... Stampede and Tack Western Wear <laughs> coming you go. to
1: you, there you go. soon.
2: Okay, what's uh, up this
1: week? Well, first and foremost, week 11 is officially under protest, Brad. As you recall, I said this on episode 170. That was kind of my strategy as I stare at my screen right now. I have the bandits picked, but they're not going 18-0 and 0 here, and I think Toronto in a similar situation to what Vancouver is in against Saskatchewan here where they've already dropped the game to the bandits. They can't do it again here. So I'm switching my pick. I'm keeping the same confidence in this, but give me Toronto for a four here. This is, I think the marquee matchup of the weekend here, is it not? So as you can hear the proof right there, audio proof, Brad, I switched my pick from Buffalo to Toronto, kept the same confidence number beside it, even switched it in my lacrosse flash pick'ems. The only issue was, and I would have been in the in the running for the overall this week, should this have not have happened. I did not hit the save button after I had switched my pick from Buffalo to Toronto. So I end up going four wins, three losses instead of five and two. And I think this should count, Brad. I think it should count. I said it right here on the podcast that yeah, I there's was switching my No, You can't go pegs. back and change
2: the score. Evan can't go in there and doctor the numbers. Like it well, if say, anyone it, it can. It is what it is. There's no way to fix it.
1: Maybe That's this... what it is,
2: man. That's part, part of the parcel. You got to go in and make your selections. And if you don't make your selection, it does Um, not that the this would happen to you. But if you don't make any selections, say you go on vacation for a week or something, it will randomize for you. And hell, with the way the NLL has been this
1: year, a randomization (laughs) might give you a better score than some of us did last week. As Danny says, a card laid is a card played. I effed up. I gotta wear it. A little disappointing because, uh, like I said, I would have been right there in the mix if that had not have happened by taking Calgary this uh, past week, by taking Vancouver. A lot of people didn't do that, but uh, got Albany wrong, got Uh, The Riptide pick wrong as well But I digress So that kind of sucked for yours truly But we shall persevere How'd you do last week? I didn't even uh, ask you that
2: Uh, How did I do last week? I did four for seven, I think As I go back and
1: look Yeah, I did yeah, I did 4 out of 7.
2: So, you know, I could have could have been worse. Could have been worse.
1: Um, well, with that being said then, do you I don't we're both 4 for 7. You are higher in the standing, so I suppose you can host. Who you got this week?
2: Sure, I'll run through it. And, you know, I it's 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 cool that the way that it shakes down on office pool junkies because you can actually see sort of how you've made your picks. It's all bright and colorful. Mm. And I went and made my picks and I was like, I've got the road team winning six <laughs> out of seven games this weekend. I'm like, there's no, or five out of six games. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. So just by looking at that, you go, okay, no, there's, there's going to be a couple upsets in here somewhere. Always there's going two or three upsets every weekend. So start thinking about that when you make these selections, but let's start Friday night. We've got Friday through Sunday lacrosse. we got two Sunday games this weekend, which is fun, but we've got Friday through Sunday, which we absolutely love. Let's start Friday night in bandit land 4 30 p.m pacific the bandit six and one will host the albany firewolves four and four bandits coming off a loss wolves coming off a loss um, probably both surprising losses to some. Jake Elliott,
1: yeah. who you got? I got the Buffalo Bandits here to rebound. I think Matt Vince was extremely disappointed in his performance. I'm not taking anything away from Toronto, but I don't think Matt Vince was at his best in that game. Buffalo was due for a loss. I called that one. Well, I sort of did. Didn't count. But Buffalo at home. Albany coming off a disappointing loss. I, I think Buffalo gets right here back on their home floor. Gets to 7-1. and one. Seven and one. Give me a seven beside the bandits over the Albany Firewalls.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm a little bit more confident though. This would be my eight game. Okay. Uh, moving along, Friday night TSN game of the week. Gonna be
1: there. You are.
2: Food and drink allowed, so it's gonna get rowdy. I'm sure. Forget your country at, shirts. Uh, Scotia Bank in Calgary. Yeah, like that fan base hasn't been able to drink beer inside that arena, and Yikes. now the floodgates are literally going to be open this weekend, but the Vancouver warriors four and three will meet the rough next two and four, both coming off victories. I can't believe we're this deep into the season with these two teams, finally getting together for the first time. As I talked about earlier, Um,
1: Jake Elliott, who you got? I love the way you say my full name before you say, who you got, I, uh, I'm going, Oh, you know where I'm going. I'm going Vancouver. I picked them every game. And like I said, off the top, I think, I'm gonna press pause here for a second because Evan is calling me right now. All right, I pressed uh, pause there. I pressed play or record again. Evan is now with us as he had a little nappy poo here on a on a Monday night. Welcome, <laughs> He's to sleepyhead. Yeah.
0: Well, the uh, I, I was at the hospital for eight hours. he <laughs> was <Okay>. not fun. <laughs> okay. We're not. You
1: we're sleep not there. We're not getting into that. We're not yeah. getting into that. Okay, Evan. We're on our second game here. Uh, so give us your your quick pick here, Buffalo, Albany. Uh,
0: who you got? Who you got? I mean, it's pretty simple. It's it's is the bandits here, Albany. I don't know what it is. Albany has trouble with one opponent, Rochester, but I'll still take Buffalo in this one here.
1: For a what? Seven, eight. What are you going? Uh,
0: let's go with the. Uh... Set, six
1: Evan is just winging it Evan's right now
2: which on the he never I never, never
0: I am it. Winging it right now let's okay, do it this, okay. is, this is
2: good this is good Evan, Evan seven our stuff here game um, number two I already I'm, asked game number two I already asked jumbo he's taking the Vancouver Warriors. underrated
1: Warriors I think they match up really well against Calgary roughnecks for whatever reason I'm not sure what that reason is but I think they match up really well against Calgary and I like Vancouver in this game give me them for a five. Evan, who you got Ooh. <laughs> a little more enthusiasm, on upset,
0: upset, upset city. Let's take Calgary for a deuce or it was a three. Uh, There's a low end of this week in and the three. Richardson
1: yep. is going to absolutely, you, Evan, you don't even know. Like, he is going to love <laughs> it. <him. laughs> <laughs> you, yeah.
0: you know what? Making... I did so terribly last week. What well, no, hell, he loves right? it.
1: You picked it, You picked against him last week, and he was smiling ear to ear, knowing that you did that because they won, and now you're picking against him again. He's going to be happy about it again. So keep it Great.
2: on. to the fire. Yeah. Um, this is the TSN game of the week. I will be in Calgary with Teddy Jenner and Chantal Shan. So I'm going to tuck into my pockets right now and exercise the
1: my coin guy flipping the coin here. I'm not worried about guy, going to just, Calgary I, I and might, pissing people I might off use the
2: coin on the TSN game of the week. You know, you got to be on a plane next to these guys and it can get a little uh, awkward if you're uh, putting a hammer down on some team. So I'm going with the coin flip. Heads, heads is Vancouver Warriors. Tails is the Calgary Roughnecks. Here's the coin. We got heads.
1: Usually just say so you no know, heads is for home team, Brad, but, but you called it beforehand, so. Uh, okay,
2: each for home. Okay, Vancouver Warriors, I'm giving a three on that game. Um, I think those two teams matched up pretty good, too. Like, Dolphins is coming off his best game. Buki's been really good. Both teams have really good transition. Vancouver is getting goals from all over the place right now in Calgary. We don't know if Curtis Dixon is going to be there or not, but they're getting some help from their young guys. And Jesse King has just been lights out this season. So I think we're in for a good game. TSN game of the week, seven o'clock Friday night, moving along Saturday, 3 p.m. West coast for us. Nice little early start. Mm. The Halifax Thunderbirds are back in the nest back with fans for the first time since December. They are five and one going home to Halifax and the red hot Georgia swarm four and five rolling in to
1: Halifax. Jake
2: Elliott, who you got? Yeah,
1: Georgia's been a bit of a bugaboo for me. When to pick them, when not to pick them. They're a tough team to get a good read on, but I think I have a pretty good handle on Halifax right now. And they've seemingly found their groove back here. They're going to be at home. nest is going to be rocking. And that's a tough trip there for the swarm. And five and one against four and five, I'd, give me Halifax here for a six. Evan, who you got?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's in it's in the nest. Georgia, I just don't still don't know who Georgia is. But give me Halifax for four.
1: I'm not sure Evan knows who he is right now as he wakes up from a slumber. <laughs> Evan's, on
2: the, Evan's on the hospital juice. Yeah,
1: something's going on. Yeah, I it's, want... it could be.
2: Okay. <laughs> I, want, I want what Evan's having tonight. Yeah. Um, Georgia, Georgia's being sneaky, playing sneaky good lacrosse right now. They're, they're coming together. I know there's going to be upset somewhere in the National mm-hmm. Lacrosse League this weekend. This has the potential of being that game, but I'm not that confident that's going to happen. I'm going to take the Halifax with a seven. (laughs) Seven?
1: You're really not confident.
2: (laughs) It has the potential, but not really. (laughs) Um, Saturday, seven o'clock Eastern, four o'clock West Coast, Toronto Rock five and three. Albany's second game of the weekend, but they're back home. MVP Arena. Yeah.
1: Jake Elliott, who you got with two T's. <laughs> yes, two T's. Thank you. I uh, I have a hard time thinking that Albany is going to go 0-2 this weekend, but that is exactly what I am predicting. I got a really nice text from Glenn Clark the other day, and it almost made me change my pick. And he said, no, no, because I don't care who you're picking. The only time I care is when we win it all. So that's the confidence level there for Albany and, and, and Coach Clark, which I love to hear. But I just think this is a team that's just, it's, the East is such a beast. Buffalo, Halifax, Toronto, Philly, like it, it is a murderer's row over there in the East. And I just think Toronto coming off a a big win against Buffalo and it's time to get their season rolling here. And I'm not screwing it up a second time. I'm taking Toronto, by the way, I haven't, Buffalo Toronto game last week is under protest. You can listen to the podcast and make it real
2: Toronto for a four please. Evan Sheminar, who you got
0: pretty much the same thing. Toronto right now is the team to beat at the moment. Yeah. It might be on the road. Yeah. But the thing is, Albany's playing the night before they're both going to have that ugly bus ride to get there. Give me the Toronto rock for five.
2: See, there has to be an upset somewhere this weekend, and I don't think Albany goes 0-2. This is where I'm going to buck the trend here. I've got to take an underdog some point this weekend, and this is the game that I've selected for spoiler alert, and I think uh, Albany sticks will be be feeling good in that second night. Their offense should be humming, and hopefully Dougie's got a a good night in him and and hopefully a bounce-back night from what we saw last weekend and maybe he does that in the second half of a back-to-back give me the wolves mm. at home
1: for the six. Third place brad challoner okay
2: calgary's got to go from calgary on friday night to fort worth texas on a sunday afternoon sounds like the start of a country song it was fort worth texas <laughs> on, a on a sunday afternoon okay, okay, okay. two o'clock west coast uh calgary roughnecks I don't know if they'll be two and five at that time or three and four. Either way, rolling into Panther City, who will be waiting for them at one and seven. Just signed Cam Milligan, just signed Dean Farrell, just activated someone else as well. Was it uh
1: You look that up
2: while you ask me who I hold got. on edit city, edit city. I... Um <laughs> Calgary Roughnecks at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Panther City just signed. They released Jack Jasinski. Dawson Thede's been put on the holdout list. They signed Dean Farrell and Cam Milligan. So yeah. looking for offense from everywhere right now. Farrell's been pretty electric in XLL and everywhere we've seen him in the last couple of years in British Columbia. But it's not going to be enough he upset the Calgary Roughnecks the first four first of uh or sorry second game of a four game homestand in Fort Worth
1: Jake who you got I got the Calgary Roughnecks unlike the Albany Firewolves who I think are going on too I think Calgary gets a split this weekend and I think their win comes against Panther City on the road down there in Fort Worth this is my eight game Roughnecks eight Evan Shevener, who you got
0: Yes, shockingly, this is my eight game two. I just didn't like what I saw at Panther City this past week. I didn't like what I saw in the last three weeks, probably. So it's an eight for the Roughnecks. Now, oddly enough, the travel schedule there there is a direct flight, four hour flight to Oh
2: Cowboy Country to Cowboy Country.
0: To yeah, there's, there's a direct flight, four hours. It's it's like they got they're get not there at they're riding the horses there. They're
1: not gonna just get on a little posse and long ride long wagon. Ride anyways okay brad
2: who you, tra- who you got wagon train i'm taking the rough thanks to the five pretty easy uh final game of the weekend starting at the same time two o'clock west coast on a sunday afternoon this time no football on Den- i love it this time in denver colorado as the mammoth will host the two and five saskatchewan rush the five and two mammoth hosting the two and five saskatchewan rush jake elliott who you got
1: Oh, this one I struggled with here, boys. Uh what was it? Saskatchewan favored in this game somehow, some way on, on Cool Bet. I don't quite understand that, but that is not deterring me from taking the home team here. These remember, this is the first of back-to-backs against each other in this one. So <clears throat> excuse me. I am uh I'm taking Colorado here and what am I taking them for? I am taking them for a three. I think Saskatchewan's probably going to win the home game the following week, but I think Colorado wins this game for three. Colorado.
0: Evan, who you got? Oh, I don't know if people in Saskatchewan are going to like me for this one, but I just did not see much fight in this rush team last week. I don't know if I'm going to see much fight in this rush team next week. It's show me. Until then, Colorado Mammoth for a seven.
2: Ooh, pretty confident. Pretty confident. Seven. See, this to me is another one of those games that I think could be an upset game. When I looked at my my pick, so what is that, Brad? Because teams. Saskatchewan's the favorite. Well, but to, for, to cool bet for some reason, and yeah, I don't know where those I don't know where those odds are coming from. Based on record, maybe it's based on history. Um, maybe they just think Saskatchewan's do, and they still have faith with the club that could be severely underperforming right now. Um, as As do I, as do I. I think I think Saskatchewan probably got a slap in the face and a wake up call last weekend against Vancouver's. They didn't show a lot of fight, and I was pretty critical of them on during the broadcast as well. That you know, there was a, almost a fight after the game ended. I'm like, well, where was that to start the th- third quarter when you were down by seven? Or where was that to start the fourth when you were down? So I think Saskatchewan needed a wake-up call, and I there is still a bit of faith in this in this club. I don't know what kind of lineup they're going to roll out, but I'm going to take the rush on the road against the Mammoth. And what a big home-and-home home this is going to be like, Could you imagine Saskatchewan wins both those games, and all of a sudden they're they're four and five and they're right back in the mix. Like that's how crazy the national lacrosse league is. You're a, you're a winning streak away from being in the mix or falling out of the mix for that matter. Yeah, so yeah. I think this has upset in the making. Give me the rush on the road. Well, in the four.
1: We can't catch up to you
2: if, if we have the same picks as you. So I'm kind of glad you're going, I've had a bit.
1: couple rough weeks, but still hanging
2: out in fourth place coming for you, John Harnett. Oh, oh yeah. like
0: He is bragging. Hard, like hard, hard. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it's, it? Why wouldn't are it? you guys going to even beat me even one week this year at this uh, stage? Is what he's starting to say. i
1: might have to, <laughs> to find myself a new co host if he keeps that uh, sort of thing up. All right. Uh, there is week 12. Who you got? You know what comes up after who you got? It's, it's Lax Class Locks. It's locked.
0: 52% of the time, you're wrong, 48% of the time. I hear declare, the clam, lock the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. Lax Class
1: Locks, presented by CoolBet Canada. Don't forget, uh, we've had a lot of people sign up on, on CoolBet and use that bonus code, LAXCLASS. It's never enough, though, so if you're new to the podcast or you've been sitting on the fence... You know, you missed out on on maybe throwing some prop bets down on the Super Bowl, what color the Gatorade was going to be, how long the anthem's going to be. It's more than just lacrosse here that you can have some fun on CoolBet with. CoolBet.com, up in the top left corner, first-time depositors get up to $200 matched courtesy of CoolBet. Put in 100 you get 100 Put in 50 you get 50 Put in 200 Cool bet Canada will give you $200 on your first time deposit. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and we keep encouraging. Have a lot of people sign up. Keep doing it. It's fantastic stuff and makes the games a lot of fun to watch, even more so than they already are. Lax class locks, fellas. I believe we all went two for three last week. I needed the over in Panther City for a nice $160 jumbo bucks. Didn't happen. Brad, you missed out on one. Evan, you missed out on one. So we're still getting boosted odds this week, courtesy of Cool Bet. They're nice enough to, because we've been winning so much. They said, all right, we'll give you a week, but we'll still give you boosted odds, but we're going to do something a little bit different this week to give you the lax glass lock parlay. We're each gonna pick our lock of the week and combine that together as a team, but also still have our own individual parlay for bragging rights Makes sense to everybody mm-hmm. okay so evan you probably have it accessible because you're that I guy do. the lax class lock parlay of the week team edition if you please
2: doesn't matter if he's been in a hospital for eight hours today still got it. <laughs> like he's sleeping drunk right now the man will still crunch numbers and blow us all the way into here
0: <laughs> All right. Well, should I I do mine first or you want the full one? Just the full. Give us, well, no, give
1: us the team one so you can tell them our picks as well, but give them the. the Okay. I got
0: to switch things up here a bit then because I have uh, mine up here.
1: Edit City again here, fellas. Yeah. Tighten it up.
0: I'm trying to You have Vancouver on the handicap, correct?
1: Oh, Evan, Evan, Evan. I believe. I Evan. Re- yes, uh, I did. Um, yes, I did.
0: Uh, yes, I did. Yes, you did. Okay.
1: Yeah, you had
2: Calgary. Jumbo had Vancouver on the handicap. Yeah. You had Calgary on right. the, the handicap. I took uh, Bands on the it's money line.
0: So, first off... Listening people, oh, here we go, people. Uh, oh, God, you see how Mix how in I a lying. water oh, seminar. Holy shit. Off
2: <laughs> First off, listening people.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I am so out of it right now. Okay.
3: <laughs> I need a bandage
0: stuff. on your hand. Uh, okay, you guys are going to send me the hospital every Monday. Oh I my this God. This is okay. So, oddly enough, we've got the biggest parlay odds of the season. And shockingly enough, the person that picked the lowest odds of the three of us is the chancellor. Oh, well. You it, know, I so, was
2: helping out. This was a team effort. You guys kind of went big here. And I was like, you know what? I just need something easy to close the parlay. And <laughs> and that's what I win. Our odds are still crazy. So spit it out. So, here, drunk so here it
0: is for the chancellor. He has got Buffalo on the money line. Jumbo is taking the Vancouver Warriors to beat calgary Roughnecks with the handicap so that is a minus 1.5 vancouver's got to win it by two and mine in this one is i've got calgary going into panther city and winning on the handicap that's another minus 1.5 they've got to win by two so total it up it normally adds up to a plus 690 it's minus 204 on buffalo is plus 150 on Vancouver, it is plus one twelve on Calgary, but Coolbet is boosting this one massively to a plus eight hundred. <laughs> so, so put twenty bucks down and it pays back. I believe it's two hundred. Thank us not the Thank us later,
1: Brad. Give me. We gotta get this rolling here. Give me your parlay for the week, please.
2: Listening people, listen up. People listening, people, listening, listening, people, uh, glue your ears to this. Parlay. <laughs> um, Evan's rubbing off on me now. I got the Georgia swarm and Halifax Thunderbirds You're in the swarm with a plus 1.5. So this game just has to be close for the Georgia swarm to, uh, to grease your pockets a little bit. Calgary roughnecks at Panther city. I've got the Calgary roughnecks on the money line there at minus 154 and then Vancouver and Calgary, the under in this game, I think Kristen Jelbianco and Alexis Bouquet and these two defenses are going to put a low scoring slugfest on for us. Give me the under at 22 that pays minus minus one ten. So add that all up parlet that parlay that all together. Parlet if you let it,
1: parlet it up. for
2: this is a very chintzy odds for me about plus four sixty-three, but I think it's a very doable Jumbo Buck uh sort of event this weekend. So potential return there,
1: $112.56 on your 20 spot. Modest, modest. I don't hey. mind it. Okay, Evan. Go. And my
0: apologies. It the the boosted parlay pays 180. Okay. On 20. Still good. Yes. All right. So we'll start with what I had before. Calgary minus one and a half. That is a plus one twelve. There's another one here that just doesn't make sense to me, but it's there, and that is Colorado being the underdog mm-hmm. at home against the Rush. Mm-hmm. Now, you could go straight up for a plus 133, and I'm a little more conservative here in that you can take them as a point-and-a-half dog at 130. So even if Colorado loses by one, you still win. And Buffalo on the money line, minus 204, 20 jumbo bucks will pay you one eleven seventy nine.
1: okay okay so there's evans so, uh, by the way quick Psa here heard a few different people around the circles using goals and calling them points Evan just did it right there it's not called point tending it is called goal tending uh so goals not points please and and if I can just throw in it's a face off not a ball drop Uh, that's always a good one as well. I know that doesn't matter to a lot of people. It matters to me, and I'm going to die on that hill. Uh, My parlay this week, I'm keeping the the Warriors handicap here at 1.5. That pays plus 150. Taking the Banditos and the Albany Firewolves to go under 22 for a minus 111. And I'm taking the Colorado Mammoth straight up on the money line at plus 133, like Evan just mentioned. Check this out, boys. This is Brad challenger s grade right here. Add all that up for a plus 1,007 Ooh. times 20 jumbo bucks will get you a cool return of 221.45. Thank me later. And you're getting silly uh, this week. I've been silly. playing it pretty, pretty safe the last couple of weeks. I'm taking a swing this week. And uh, I'm going to recoup some of those those losses over the last couple of weeks.
0: Well, one of you the know. odd things, too, if you look at the over-unders, we've seen them drop again to between 21 and 22. But there's a reason for that, because the goal average last week was 20 and a half. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's going to keep moving. That number is going to keep moving.
2: Yeah, there was a few low-scoring games. You know, I think it was five of the seven games last weekend were decided by two goals, and a couple of those were empty netters, too. Like, there's a lot of tight lacrosse action. Give
1: me be like that all year long. I have yeah. no doubt about it fellas another fantastic episode big thanks to nick rose and marty dinsdale for stopping by our fabulous sponsors please support them that's how you continue to support this podcast and that's how we stay on the air here for your listening pleasure stampede tack the vancouver warriors associated labels and packaging cool Beck, canada and of course Rycor construction we thank all of you guys for supporting lacrosse classified Big thanks to you, the listener, for checking us out every week, every single week. We'll be back next Tuesday, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. That's our home. And that'll do it for this episode of Lax Class. For Evan Schemenauer and Brad Schellner, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the Fastest Game on Two Feet, and for the Creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.